boom, they all go down, big pack. And then mine was like a lawnmower inch. And I had to start it like this, right? And I'm, I'm like seven years old, maybe eight. And I get down there like 20 minutes later, you know, because they're so slow. Anyways, they're all flying all over the place doing crazy stuff. And then I decided to go over the jump and I get back and I had, they, oh, my brothers had stretched the governor, you know, and all that to trick it out. And so I catch some air and it's just a steel frame, no suspension. And while I'm in the air, it just, and it's just pegs. There's nothing to put your feet on. The back end just falls out from underneath me, right? And then I, I let go because I didn't know what the hell. And so I hit the ground. The bike lands on me. I snap my wrist. And then it's laying on my back, and it's winding out. And everyone runs over, you know, and pulls up the bike. And my brother's pissed at me. He goes, what the? You know, and they could tell I'm in shock and all that. That was the last time I was on a motorized vehicle. I walked home. They go, get on the bike. We'll take you home. My wrist all fucked up, and I'm scratched really bad and all that. And my back had a burn on it and everything. Tore my shirt and all that. And they're like, oh, we're gonna, I'll take you home. Mom will take you to the hospital and all that. And I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. And I walked home by myself. And they let me. Dude, I'm like seven or eight with a broken freaking arm and all jacked. And they're like, all right, that's what you want. Dude, different times, right? Different times, dude. I, I, I mean, I don't know where these stories go. I don't want to burn them all right now, but it's like, but I got. It's I mean, all right. Roll with it. Well, I mean, like when my dad was the DI, dude, it was like, uh, literally, I can retell these stories if we need to, but when uh, he was home, he would take my brothers and I in the middle of the night, cam me up, paste paint, and we had pellet guns. He would teach us how to hunt each other down in the nighttime. And my mom be waiting at home to pull the pellets out of our skin and stuff because, and we all had like K bars and all that. And then I was getting lit up all the time because I was the youngest and most impatient. So he would like give us the ground rules and then we'd scatter throughout the canyon in the middle of the night, you know? And again, I'm like 10 or younger and I, being that young. So everyone runs and then hides. And I was always the first one to, Get, pop up, and that's what everyone was waiting for. Pow, pow, pow. I go running off and, in the darkness. And then uh, one time, the flood control channel going down where all the sewage goes out. You know, now it's concrete, you know, and stuff. But back in Teclada Canyon, it's like dirt. So it looks like a mini kind of Grand Canyon. So I'm walking on this little animal path, and the moon's pretty good. And I see a figure, and my dad always taught us how to lay down and look, distort your body so your eyes just don't pick it up. So he's laying like halfway on the cliff with his arm and leg hanging over the edge, and the other half just like laying there. So it's hard to detect a human body, you know. But I saw him just move enough, and I saw him, and he's laying there. So I slung my rifle, I pulled out my knife. I'm in the game, man. And I start sneaking up on him, and I was going to put that thing right in his back and win the game. I was going to win the game. And, and my dad, though, he hears me picking up tempo and all this, and he looks over his shoulder, and he sees me coming at him with this big-ass knife. And he, you know what he does? He rolls off the cliff, which is like 15-foot drop down to the rocks. So he just rolls off. 
And, off, and he goes, he's like, I hear him, got, oh, oh, fuck, you know. And he's trying to talk to me, but he's like, hurt. And so I pull my rifle out, and I just started shooting him. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and he takes off running, man. And I shot until I couldn't see him anymore. And then, and uh, that was the, that was the last time we played that game, man. Cause like he, he was one of those guys. Well, he was a Navy Cross recipient. He was Korea, two tours of Vietnam, shot five times shrapnel from grenades, all this stuff. Just a real life, serious, badass dude. Taught DI school, martial arts expert. So like, he, the way, we had a family psychologist, cause I have five sisters and two brothers, and he would come home and try to get us in shape mentally as a family, like in a month or two, and then he'd be gone again, right? And it always included a lot of violence and host, you know, that kind of stuff. and. And he, so he trained us, like, like in elementary school, you know, kids don't even know how to throw a punch, and they get in headlocks and roll around. See, we're throwing freaking knife-edge kicks and back-knuckle snaps to the face and shattering noses like it was butter, and my brothers are in and out of juvenile hall all the time because, like, they're jacking people up, you know? And so my, the psychologist said, like, to my dad, like, you know, it's like, you literally loaded a gun and threw it out on a busy street. And that's, that's what you did with your boys. You, you train them to this level and then you leave. Yeah. Unattended, yeah. you leave these unattended little freaking weapons. What do you think is going to happen? You know? And uh, so that's, uh, we went, we had like, <laughs> dude, years of family counseling. You know, they called it back in the day. Yeah. And we used to get like, fights at the, counselor's office man <laughs> so my sister's like lynn my sister lynn was like the duke of the school this guy bobby strano beat me up once and uh he was an older grade and she got so pissed she took me back to the school and found him and lit him up man just bah, bah, boom don't you ever anyway she's sitting on him don't you ever hit my brother again you know like one of those things and every time she said a word it boom that was my sister, man. She freaking took care of me. I wish the people listening could see you, the faces of the guys in this room. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I need to cover my eyes because I'm going to start laughing all the time. You can laugh. You can Well, swear. I am. I can. Okay, yes. I will. Oh, yeah. You can do it all. I will because yeah. these are some funny dudes. And uh, they're great guys. We've been having fun prior to the podcast. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, too, the uh, tip of the spear. It's a kick-ass name. Mm. I had like tw 20 years ago, rookie cop, my first time, busting through a door, get some bad guys. An old timer called me tip of the spear. And I, I always thought that was one of the highest compliments, man, because that's cool. They had to literally put me on a chain, man, because I always wanted to be <laughs> that guy, you know, <laughs> throw me in a window or whatever. I'll go down the chimney, you know, but let's, <laughs> let's just get some, you know, that kind of a thing. So. Yeah. It's great to be here. I can't wait to hear what these guys have to say. I'll we'll learn some stuff. Well, we're we're here to listen to you. We oh, wanna, yeah. We want to yeah. hear your story. I want uh, so I can tell them all those fancy dancing stories about Nate. <laughs> oh because, yeah. Uh, he's he's a great know. dancer. I, you guys, I don't know. I love this because uh, that's not something I knew about Nate. Yeah. So yeah, let's embarrass him. Let's let's call this an uh, an embarrassed Nate podcast. Maybe that'll be the Fubar. 
Uh. Well, he did dance good, and uh, the band we played with uh, always uh, attracted lots of females, and he really, so he kept them all busy. He was on the dance floor all the time, and he looked good, girls had fun, and uh, that was good. And The question is, did you get laid? Yeah. <laughs> That's <'Cause> fuck dancing. <laughs> if it gets you laid, then it's a real thing. Did it get you laid? Anytime you're with the Marklins, you're going to get laid. Might not be the lay you want, but it's the lay you're going to get. <laughs> what, what was his name, Nate? <laughs> and I'd like to point out that this was all past tense. Nate was handsome. Nate could dance. <laughs> true, true, true story. So yeah. as, as we know, this is, this is the Real Vets podcast. We're going to talk about veteran stuff. And of course, real estate stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so Steve, you told us a little bit about your father earlier. You don't have to dive into that if you don't want to. But um, you were raised by a Marine Corps vet. Absolutely, and I, I, it's one of my favorite stories anyway to tell. I get the opportunity, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this. But you know, 20 years as a police officer, I spent a lot of time as a recruiter, fitness instructor, drill instructor, all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, I am 62 now. I still am intensely aggressive uh, in pretty much everything I do from physical fitness to spiritual fitness. You know, it's like, why be mediocre? Anyone who chooses mediocrity, I don't even want you in my space unless you choose to be better and you want my help. And so then I'm on your side. Motivation right there, baby. Right. But I'll tell you right now. So my mom tells me... uh, I was, uh, for your Marine vets in particular, maybe Navy, I was conceived in Kaneohe in Hawaii. So oh, K-Bay. K-Bay, huh? I was in, yeah, K-Bay <laughs> is where it all started. And then they, she actually took the boat over. Uh, this is 1959 I was born. So they took the ship over and then uh, dropped me off at uh, Navy Hospital Camp Pendleton, 1959. And uh, my dad um, got his, uh, at the time he was a, um, sergeant in charge of like the amphibious tractors and stuff up there cool. so we trained on that a lot and uh i was a when i was born i was a big fat baby and i crawled on my forearms and my in my knees everywhere and smashed into walls all the time and so <laughs> they the nickname for amphibious tractors is tractors and so they started calling me tracker and then it Evolved into Tunker because I was like a tough little punk, I guess. That's what my, <laughs> so they started calling me Tunker, and I've been called Tunk or Tunker uh, since I was born. And, uh, but he got a, his gig um, at MCRD, Marine Corps Recruiting Depot San Diego. Yeah. And he was a drill instructor there and ended up being um, teaching DI school. And uh, so this is where the, uh, you know, the formation of my personality happened because he would literally take me over there to the, and I would sit in the bleachers at the parade deck. And if that's awesome. And uh, <laughs> that's so cool. I love it's, that it's, shit, man. Yeah. Dude, it's like, <clears throat> I could hear him quarter mile away. He'd sit me there. I'd have my little, uh, Twinkie and a Coke or whatever. And he'd be, I could hear him down there. <laughs> you know, and that sound, man, it to this day, it gives me goosebumps. And, yeah. But when I was in elementary school, I was up at 04.30, PTing with Pops in the backyard with my brothers. And then we had pugil sticks and all that. And That's I was like the cool. littlest of them all. My, I'm the youngest brother. And 
they just knocked the shit out of me. <laughs> and then my mom would wipe me off and send me to school, you know, when it was time to go. And so that's, that was uh, the core of the personality was uh, getting raised that way and having to go to school in the 60s in particular with a high and tight. And everybody else has got long, cool surfer hair, you know. We're <laughs> the, the, near the beach and stuff. So everybody Did you had long, grow up here in San Diego? Born and raised. Well, born in Camp Pendleton, Oceanside, but raised in San Diego, yeah. Cool. So my whole life. And uh, so that was kind of rough, man, having like the uh, high and tight. And everyone else had the cool surfer hair flopping the bangs around and stuff. But... <laughs> So that just made me a little more angry and intense. Like when it came to <laughs> when it came to Pop Warner football or anything, I just there was no way I could lose. I did. I chose to, couldn't lose, man. I, I just couldn't take it. I was already. In, I already had anxiety problems, man. Didn't need any more. Right. So you had said that you were the smallest, the littlest of your of your mm -hmm. brothers. Is that still the case, or when did you surpass them? Well, as far as height, my brothers, I'm maybe 5'11 and a half or whatever. They're like 6'3", six, 6'2", six, but they're lanky guys, and I'm more fire plug-like, you know, endomorph body types if you're into that kind of stuff. You're, you're a pit bull. But, uh, well, they were challenged. They challenged me a lot, you know, growing up. I was, uh, you know, I had to fight for the last chicken leg on the plate, you know, that kind of stuff. And here's, I have five sisters and my two brothers. We had a two-bedroom house. So my brothers yeah. and I slept in the garage with the car. And my dad had <laughs> military, metal military bunks, a double and a single. I slept on the top of the double. And we all had foot lockers, military foot lockers. That was our dresser. And uh, it got cold. And I, so literally we used to have to fist fight. Sometimes over who got to sleep with the dog, you know, <laughs> and that's what, yeah, and that's when I learned about that's what three dog night meant, you know, it was like that was a, okay. a really cold night if you had to sleep with three dogs, but but we used to uh, <laughs> three dog night. <laughs>